think a lot smoother than I speak. That'll, that'll be right right at the beginning. I can feel that. Sweet. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> hello, and again, welcome to BitDepth. I'm Santiago Ramones. Across from me is... Aiden McCool. How's it going? Well, <laughs> this is the first podcast I've ever been on, and... <laughs> There's I, a first for everything. <laughs> I just feel like I should have a much deeper voice. That's just meant for oh, radio. No. It's, after 128 episodes, I'm very used to the sound of my own voice. Um, like you know how people, and I'm sure yeah. you, you, once you hear your own voice, you're like, ooh, yeah, uh, what happened? I don't, I don't want more of that. Uh, but I actually listen to my own podcast, so. I'm very used to my own voice. I know what I sound like, and I'm like, yeah, that's me. So, what was the point where you like, <laughs> where you were like, yeah, okay? Um, maybe five episodes in. Well, that's pretty. That's like five hours. Yeah, like so. Five hours <laughs> of your own voice. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm I'm pretty well used to the sound of my voice. I know I know what I sound like. So maybe you'll get used to the sound of your own voice too. Uh, <laughs> Man, if I do any more of these. Yeah, exactly. I've always told myself I wanted to. <laughs> but. Well, you got to start somewhere. Right. So, uh, who are you? <laughs> well, I'm a musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides that, not a lot else. <laughs> what do you play? Play bass guitar, uh, first and foremost, but. And Aiden is very good at bass guitar. You know, I keep getting told that, but I also keep telling people that I just hit the strings really hard. <laughs> for the best. Um, not my words, but uh, Trevor's words. Uh, and I'm sort of paraphrasing, but it was like, man, Aiden is like so good at bass. Like there are just some people that you just hear them playing and you're just like wow he's just killing it on bass paraphrasing but that's Trevor there you go <laughs> we're even a minute in and I'm crying <laughs> um, but yeah you're very good at bass so well thank you uh, how did you start in music I think it was about six um my parents were like, you're going to play piano. Nice. <laughs> so I went to a teacher and I went through many teachers. <laughs> One of them was like this crazy sort of like cartoonish, like in a villain way, <laughs> Russian old lady. Like that was just brutal. Mm. And my two older siblings, I have an older brother mm. and an older sister, also took from her mm-hmm. <laughs> and by the end of it you know they they wanted out sure but we managed to find i guess a different teacher i don't remember <laughs> it honestly all too well like anything any inter- interactions but i do remember right so how long did you stay on piano well like i don't know how many teachers i went through but <laughs> by the time i was 8 both my brother and sister had quit they had stopped and I was just like, well, what's the point? Mm. And the problem was, I think at the time was I was so young and all they were doing was like scales and stuff. scales yeah. and like, you know, nursery rhymes, basically, essentially <laughs> just out of the book stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what'd you get in like a piano class, yeah, a yeah. group piano class, like you do everything right mm. out of the book. And I did have some theory training then, but I managed to forget it all and right. like how to read music and all that in between two years before finally <laughs> my parents were like, again, you've got to play an instrument because mm. we just never did that ourselves. We quit mm. while well, my mom did when she was playing. I think she was in band. Uh, she played bassoon. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so... But um, one of the strangest sounding like orchestral instruments is, but that's it's, besides the point. <laughs> it, it is though. 
<laughs> you don't know too many bassoonists today. I know a bassoonist. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know of my mom and no one else. <laughs> but she quit after high school. Or was it college? I don't know. Most I don't people remember. do quit after high school. So <laughs> I would assume high school, but I think she tried OU for the band. But eventually, uh, you know, she just stopped. And my dad never did any, mm. any musical instrument. Yeah. So they were like, well, we really regret that. So you should start playing. Like, and really, like, play. You know, <laughs> keep it there. Not not like we want you to do this for the rest of, you know, eternity, but we sure. want you to know how to do it because it's hard to learn in the future. Yeah. And so they told me I could do whatever instrument I wanted. And by that point, my brother was taking drum lessons from a place down in Norman called the Norman Music Institute. Mm-hmm. And so they taught, you know, all the modern contemporary instruments there. Mm-hmm. So I went to that same place for a guitar. Okay. First couple of lessons were with this guy, and <laughs> he he was great. <laughs> he was really great. Uh, he uh, showed up like 40 minutes late to a 30-minute lesson. Oh, man. Like the first few times. <laughs> he would leave halfway uh, he he would leave with nosebleeds. What? Yeah, and he'd go to the bathroom, and then he'd come back. He's like, "All better," and I'm like, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay." This weird cartoon character you're describing. <laughs> yeah, you know uh, something about musicians, I guess. Is yeah, just yeah, yeah. A cartoon character. <laughs> he wasn't Russian, but he's weird. <laughs> uh, after that, I went and got. Another teacher at the same place, mm. one that would show up on time. <laughs> and he, of course, threw smoke on the water at me. Okay. Like every <laughs> yeah, you gotta start great somewhere. guitarist should learn <laughs> and have at disposal at any point. But so he taught me, you know, the main riff, and then he went to go get a bass to play with me. And I saw that and I was like, oh, what's that? That mm-hmm. sounds bigger. It's only got four strings, so that should be easier, right? (laughs) Right. Right? (laughs) Maybe? I don't know. It was easier for me to play at Mm. that point in time, and it felt right, so I just stuck with it. Mm. It wasn't a big aha moment, but it was like, hey, this is cool. I guess it called to me. (laughs) But I've done that ever since, and uh, I I think I've been doing this for like nine years now. Yeah, maybe nine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it was the first thing that you, like, the first complete thing that you learned on bass. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, you know, it was Seven Nation Army. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Well, what's wrong with that? You know, nothing really, because honestly, <laughs> looking back, it's a great riff. It's just been played a million times. Right. <laughs> it's a it's a fun little thing there. <laughs> and I've taught it to so many other kids now. And it feels like you're coming full circle when you do it. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. so strange. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Um. So where did you go from there? Did you dive into jazz world did you just stay over in contemporary with you know every teacher i had from that point on because i went through a couple of bass teachers was like all very contemporary and jazz was never really on my radar Mm. um one of those teachers essentially gave me my current musical taste, yeah. which is just like, you know, <laughs> I guess uh, psych rock. But yeah. After a while, I quit taking from that place. Uh, and I was like, I need a new teacher. And um, I went to a guitar center <laughs> to try out basses <laughs> and... By, like, this absolute stroke of luck, like, I met 
who would end up being like my teacher to this day. Mm. Um, should I say his name? Nice. I mean, say whatever you want. Is it worth it? Yeah. I don't know. Who I have no it? idea. Uh, Jamar Poteet. Okay. <laughs> uh, I met him at a guitar center. He was trying out basses. I was trying mm-hmm. out basses. I was like 14, I think. <laughs> uh, he saw me pick up a bass and he was like, oh, I want to see this. Probably because I look like, if I was 14, I'd still look like I was 10. <laughs> it's a late bloomer. <laughs> but from there, you know, he just started like, I want to teach you privately. So, I mean, he just started. Yeah. Taking lessons together. And that's really where jazz kind of became a thing. Mm -hmm. I don't claim to know how to play jazz at all. (laughs) Honestly, trying to understand it is kind of like inventing the cure for cancer in a way. (laughs) Like, once you reach that point, Though I, you know, you can tell it feels so great, but it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It is yeah. one of the most overwhelming things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he definitely got me started down that path. And he showed me all these R&B guys and bass players that basically, like, taught me how to groove mm-hmm. as a bass player. And yeah, yeah. How important that was. Because before that, I just, like, because my teacher before that was like, hey, here's how you slap the bass. Here's how you do it at a million miles per hour. Right. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> so that's never called for. Right. Never. No. Unless you're playing like, yeah. I don't know, like crazy modernist jazz fusion or something. Or Unless you're bebop uh, or something. What's that band? Animals as Leaders? Unless you're that, those guys. Mm. <laughs> Except for I think they're a freakishly good player in there. They're like, sort of spokes per flagship sort of band member is their uh, guitarist, right? But I think he plays like a eight string guitar and it's kind of low. <laughs> but um yeah, so I didn't I didn't really like I mean, I wanted to be able to play a million miles per hour, but I was like, mm. okay, I can't do anything with this though. Right, right. There was never going to be any point for that, but Jamar really taught me how to like correctly play as a musician rather than a bassist, I guess is yeah. the way to put it. And and that's something that um that maybe a lot of people don't know. It, like regardless of the instrument, like people try to just get technically good and don't really see that there's there's a, a musical good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so it, it happens more with, like, guitarists, but, like, too many notes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, like, because what what you want to do at first is play the fastest, right? You know? <laughs> like Fast is good, right? Right? Exactly. You <laughs> see people shredding on any instrument. You're like, I got to do that. Mm-hmm. But it takes, you know, I think it just takes sort of, like, maturity. Not as a person, but just as a musician. Mm-hmm on your instrument to really learn that. And it's just always how it kind of goes. And it's good though, to have a mentor like that from the start that Mm. is focused on that. Yeah. But like, I remember hearing Primus for the first time and being like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Right. (laughs) This is like, this guy's playing a million miles per hour and he talks funny. And (laughs) I don't know what his music sounds like. It, it's weird. Well, that's why uh, in, in Pro Tools, whenever you export an MP3, you can put a genre. Primus is one of the genres. <laughs> Man, I've heard them called everything from like trailer funk to polka, <laughs> to straight up polka, like right. to just new metal. <laughs> new metal is probably my favorite because I like to imagine them playing with corn and yeah. laugh a little bit. Hey, corn's great. <laughs> you and Tyler Sexton love corn. It, you got to give it to their bass player, though. So yeah. That, I, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I could, like, 
smack talk fieldy, but he's making way more money than I am, so he's doing something right. Right. Well, <laughs> but I mean, not everyone can like hit a base like that. No, not everyone can do that because he sounds like a machine gun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> I think it only works in that kind of music. But it will, true, but he made its way. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he made it like a thing, mm. and that's really interesting. Uh, so, what's something about bass that most other musicians or most other people don't really realize is like I don't know a, a trait that people need to keep in mind um that's another hard question <laughs> that's the point <laughs> I think the pro like I think it's a couple things really um you get a lot of guitarists playing bass mm. and I think they carry that mentality over and it's all very like sometimes they're just like need for speed kind of transfers over sure, to sure. because guitar even at its like you know at its uh, barest I think is still you know they still play more than what you would hear on like an average pop song for bass sure I mean, it just depends, really, for, I guess. For lead guitar, at least. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it's just chords, and maybe not. But yeah, yeah. Um, So it could be easy to just overplay. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, also, you get a lot of, like, there's always a backhanded compliment <laughs> <laughs> about bass. It's like, oh, yeah, you know. You're really great, you know, bass player, man. Uh, how long have you been playing guitar? <laughs> or that kind <laughs> sure, of deal. Sure. But when you play less on a bass, usually that's like for the best mm. a lot because it's at a certain point you just have to learn how to hold back. I guess it's not all about, you know, and it shouldn't always be about like less is more. But another thing is a lot of guitarists, I think don't focus on groove as much mm. and or just other musicians in general besides the drummer. Like Right, right. Because the bassist and the drummer just have to be practically one person. Mm-hmm. Like in order for them to actually be tight, you know. Yeah, yeah. You have to really like understand each other, I guess, <laughs> sometimes. But like if you can't and I found this out, like, if I don't really, like, you know, have a good relationship with the drummer, too, mm. is what I've noticed. Huh. <laughs> so we don't play as well together. Yeah. But, like, you know, if you talk to that person and you guys get along, then it's kind of great. It's kind of it's kind of strange how that happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's 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 all kind of a relationship anyways. Right. Yeah, and it's, it, you know, it's absolutely just, like, reading each other. Mm. In in the same way that drummers have a, a, a pocket, is there is there a, a pocket for bass? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's whatever that it's whatever the drummer isn't doing. You know, like <laughs> so much of like what I've been taught has been just to like have a conversation mm-hmm. with the drummer specifically. Yeah, yeah. And you know, play where he's leaving room for you and leave mm-hmm. room for him to play. Right. Or him or her. And I like, you know, it's a really kind of fun, difficult thing, but to kind of go in back and forth and really have like this sort of musical conversation with the, mm. you know, just the band in general is super important, but. Yeah, you know, you can really tell when someone, like, doesn't have the pocket and when, Mm. like, they're not in it. Yeah, yeah. And when they are. (laughs) But it can be really important. It could really, like, just change whether or not the song feels good or not. Mm. Um, 
what is the oh how important is knowing music theory whenever you're playing music in general but also just for your instrument for bass yeah you know i would say it's not nearly as important as like just Honestly, just grooving and staying yeah. in the pocket, right? Mm. It's definitely something that I think every musician should know. Right. Um, I myself am not <laughs> like wise to everything out there, and I'm definitely not like I wouldn't even say beyond like a fourth grader sometimes in my music theory, but like <laughs> knowing it really does help, especially with just understanding where songs are going. Mm hmm. Because just understanding scales and you know, what's in the key, what's isn't, like, that's helpful to anybody. But I think since a lot of bass is so much root root notes, you know? Right, right. Like, anybody can just, as long as they have an understanding of their fretboard and they know what a major and minor scale are. Sure. You can really get away with a lot. Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, like, I've been with some players that have known so much theory and could easily beat me on that aspect, but they can't groove. Sure. And it's, and I mean, like, I want to sound rude about it, but it's like I would I would much rather play with someone that grooves than someone yeah, that yeah. knows their theory. <laughs> yeah. Um... So who are your like all-time like favorite and heroic bassists? <laughs> oh darn. <laughs> oh geez. You know, um I mentioned Primus earlier. Mm. Les Claypool's like such a crazy character. He's really fun to watch, but you know, to me he showed that it's like bass can be what you make of it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always have to be something that actually sits in the back. Sure. Which is what I do most of the time and what I've just like <laughs> talked about for the last like 30 minutes. Right. But I still love him for that. And mm. honestly, it's kind of what I do in my band. Mm. You know, but besides him, you know, people like Pino Palladino, um, he plays on almost every D'Angelo record, John Mayer mm. stuff. He's a really great example of like staying in the pocket and like just yeah, yeah. knowing how to serve the song. Mm -hmm. Him and like James Jamerson too. Mm -hmm. um, just classic like Motown stuff. But I also, you know, learned a lot from Victor Wooten too. I wouldn't say for his technique, but like just for mm. the way he looks at music as a whole. He's yeah. really, really like smart guy and he's got a great outlook on it. Mm -hmm. So I've always like loved to listen to him. What's like a underrated basis that you think like, oh, come on, just like listen to it. It, it may not mm. be impressive, but like, <laughs> you know, that's a good question. Cause I feel like the, the bass player community, it's kind of funny because whenever you search like really good bassists, like any well-known artists, their bass, their studio bassists, like they usually all get pretty good recognition. Hmm. <laughs> you know, you know, I've never really thought about that. <laughs> Cause like even people like, Paul McCartney still get that sort of like recognition even though they're mm. not really like necessarily <laughs> a bass player. Maybe Ringo. I'm sure he's tried before. <laughs> I have no idea. I'd love to hear that. Yeah, maybe. 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 Um, besides that, honestly, like my teacher Jamar is really incredible player. And I really mm -hmm. do hope that, you know, he does get that recognition that he deserves yeah, yeah. soon. <laughs> so. 
Um, so what made you, like, I guess out of high school or whatever, decide to be like, I don't want a real job, quote unquote. I want <laughs> to do music. <laughs> Man, um, this is going to sound so, like, nerdy, but, like, I kind of knew that I wanted to do music for the rest of my life, like, back in 2012, after I went to a Red Hot Chili Peppers concert. Nice. Because, <laughs> <laughs> not, not because I still love their music, because... I, there's no shame in There's in no Hot shame Chili in Peppers. it, because Flea is... Definitely one of my really earliest influences, (laughs) for sure. I just feel so snobby now looking back (laughs) at them. (laughs) Like, I can't listen to them anymore. Maybe because I listen to them too much because I've outgrown them. I don't know. But at that concert, I just, that was like the first music event, like concert that I had ever been to that... Mm -hmm. I wanted to go to, right, and I knew right. the band, and I wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, holy shit. Not like, just not just because like they were great, because they're really great, you know, <laughs> as musicians, but um, just the way they, you know, had an effect on the crowd. Yeah. Like, yeah. I felt amazing just mm-hmm. sitting in that room. Yeah. And that massive, like, arena (laughs) and i was like wow i want to make people do that i don't want to do anything else if like music can do this then yeah yeah this is this is what's important i didn't think i would uh i didn't i didn't know how i was gonna go about it but like i knew from that point that Mm. music was gonna be what i did and i probably wouldn't pursue any other job yeah (laughs) mostly because like I've never really had an interest in anything else, and I've never really felt good at mm. anything else. Yeah. I've, you know, <laughs> I, I don't even think I could finish a business degree, <laughs> you know, even if I tried mostly because it's just like, I know I don't want to do that. Yeah. And I think I would just probably intentionally hold myself back. <laughs> <laughs> and just Maybe. waste money, honestly. Yeah. Well, and that's yeah. awful. Because <laughs> that stuff ain't cheap. Yeah, don't waste money on stuff that you don't want to be doing it, yeah i mean <laughs> it is a risk i mean in a way and it could be a, a harder life but i'd much rather it be something i love than sitting at a desk for the rest of my life mm. yeah um i think two more questions in the realm of music um one what's sun phaser Oh, darn. <laughs> so, um, Sun Phaser is essentially, I guess, just my project in yeah. a way, because we don't, mm-hmm. I'm the only original member of the band left, I think. Mm. <laughs> but, and I think I'm changing the name soon. Okay. Back to what I originally had it as, which is funny. Uh, well, what's it going to be? So what's it going to be? know what to look for so for for posterity someone 30 years from now going back listening to this podcast for whatever reason needs to know what to look for (laughs) i wonder if they're gonna have podcasts i wonder if they're gonna be like hologram casts no i'll just like beam it directly into your head oh okay you don't even have to listen to it they just like you just get all the information (laughs) everything the conversation (laughs) but um so back when i was young me and my brother used to listen to this awful butt rock band <laughs> called Eve Six. And I found out that they named their band after an episode of X-Files. And I was like, I love the X-Files. <laughs> so I pulled out the Wikipedia page, just full of their episode names. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. found, um, I think it's technically pronounced uh, Syzygy. But mm-hmm. I was like, Syzygy. <laughs> that sounds cool. Let me try to spell it out. S Y Z Y G Y, I think. Oh, okay. So, Ziggy. Cool. so yeah. That looks cool. It looks cool. <laughs> and it's kind of what I wanted from the start. 
Um, originally, though, it's like, well, no one knows how to pronounce it, and so we really should change it. So Fair we enough. changed it, but <laughs> as I've <laughs> as I've gotten older, I've stopped caring. Sure. Yeah. But so yeah, now we're thinking. I guess we're going to go under Suzuki, but we used to be Sun Phaser. Yeah. But yeah. before that, we used to be Suzuki. <laughs> so there you have it. Yeah. But that is my project. Um, so from the start, I just kind of wanted to be like a psych rock band because mm-hmm. that was what one of my longtime teachers, Tim Gregory, that was his mm. shtick, I guess, you know? <laughs> He's got a local band called uh, Helen Kelter Skelter. Yeah. And they're uh, pretty much like him and his band kind of just shaped my musical taste in general. Mm. He's kind of responsible for that side of me. Mm-hmm. R&B side is like Jamar. But <laughs> so in between those two, um, I just formed this and I couldn't find a guitarist for the life of me. <laughs> it was bad because... Uh, we, we, I mean, we had one, and and then you know he convinced us to help him move, and then we helped him move, and then he just disappeared. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, he just stopped showing up to practice and responding. That's what you get when you have a truck. Mm. That's what you get. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so after that, I was like, well, crap, we can't get a guitarist, and I wasn't going to ACM yet, so I didn't really have like portfolio of guitarists to flip through and be like okay this will do (laughs) so i found this band called royal blood and what they did was they were just a drummer and a bassist and their bassist essentially threw a bunch of pedals through a signal of his bass that was an octave up into a guitar amp and put some distortion on it and everything he did on bass was repeated in what sounded like a guitar form Mm -hmm. So that's what we've been doing pretty much ever since. Mm-hmm. And so right now, um, I would call our music like alternative, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. A good, a good catch-all for just I don't something rock-sounding, maybe. Something rock-sounding. <laughs> you know, I, I shot... Like, for every kind of band that I was listening to at the time, and Mm. that was kind of a mix of itself. But, you know, I wanted to sound like the Black Angels or something like that. Mm. You know, or honestly, at the time, my teacher's band, you know, Mm. this is like, those guys are great, you know, and you look up (laughs) to them, so you want to sound like that. But, you know, I feel like as I keep going, I'm progressing, and I feel like, you know, I got my own sound out of it. Mm. So... Yeah. <laughs> and right now we just got a new singer. Yeah. <laughs> and uh I guess we got a new drummer a while back. <laughs> because my brother used to be the drummer for uh, it. So okay. but he got <laughs> married. Yeah. So that took it all. <laughs> I'm not bitter. But maybe a little. Maybe a little. <laughs> <laughs> um no, I I've seen you guys play and it's really cool stuff. Uh, really catchy. Uh, do you write everything or is it like a mixture of whoever's there? Currently. Currently <laughs> I write everything. Okay. Currently, Well, sort of. I write all the melodic string stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't do the lyrics or the melody or the drums. You know, I just kind of did sure. everything I was in control of, I guess. Right, right. Which is, I guess... A big portion of it because it's the harmony. <laughs> yeah, essentially, there's no other harmonic instrument yeah. in there, and basically rhythm as well. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and so it's kind of it was stressful for a while because it's a huge box to be in because you can't really play chords, but you kind of have to. <laughs> so you kind of have to find a way to play bass at the same time, then play a chord shape, and then right not make it sound like mud yeah but i i feel like that in a way kind of facilitated you know my own sort of unique sound i mean if you've ever had 
lessons with Joe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He'll show you how to play chords on bass. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and he did. Yeah. He very much did. And Mad doing so is great, but when you have enough distortion on it, <laughs> it just, just kind of goes through. Right. That's also the other challenge is just like making a convincing wall of sound. Yeah. With essentially two instrumentalists. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of scary, but it's also like... It's really cool. Yeah. It's really cool to watch because there's there's just a, a wall of sound coming from just two people. And it's like, wait, how is he doing that? Oh, look, there's an amp over there, there's an amp over there. It's like, this is awesome. Thousands <laughs> of pedals. Yes. <laughs> Worth and more than a spaceship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even want to get into talks about that. <laughs> like, I, I did the math one day and I cried. <laughs> just like, to, oh, just I could have bought think. a car, but you know, pedals. Yeah, and just to think, <laughs> I stomp on these. That's literally what they're for—is being stomped on. Yes. <laughs> it's not a good feeling when you got like yeah. thousands of dollars. <laughs> um, but yeah, you should really check out Sunphaser or now Suzuki. Um, and we'll, I'll let you plug all the things at the end. Um, and then last one in this realm, um, what advice do you have for young musicians trying to get into the world of music? Hmm. Honestly, just surround yourself with musicians that are like 80 years old and that have seen it all (laughs) and that you know, could outplay you thousands of times over because that's the fastest and really just most efficient way to get, you know. To learn. to Yeah, to learn just to how to be a musician. And that's what I ended up doing myself is I played with a lot of older musicians, like mm. a lot of people that were just had played for so much longer than me. For yeah. longer than I had been alive in some instances, mm-hmm. and it's like and it was crazy, and it was humbling, and it was one of the biggest learning experiences of my life. And yeah, if you get the chance to do that, absolutely, like do that. Yeah, <laughs> as much as you can. Yeah. Um, switching gears a little bit, getting a little bit deeper. Um. What is the role of spirituality or religion in your life? Well, I was baptized Catholic. Hey, me too. But (laughs) when I was about four, my parents stopped going to church. Mm. From there, I just kind of did my own thing, and no one ever really talked about it with me. Right. It was always just like, you can do what you want to do. You wake up tomorrow, you have a different religion, that's cool. <laughs> but I've always kind of viewed myself as an atheist in a way, but at the same time, you know, I feel like spiritual in a way. I mean, especially with music, mm-hmm. because there's so much of an energy behind something like that. Yeah. And I felt, you know, stuff like that around yeah. music. That it can't be like, oh, yeah, no, there's nothing out there. So who knows? I guess agnostic, I have no idea, mm. would be what I would call myself. But yeah. I would, say it, I would say it plays a pretty big role in music in general with anybody just because mm. it almost seems sometimes like a form of spirituality. Yeah. Not in like a religion sort of way, but just, Mm -hmm. and just like understanding, you know, the energy surrounding music. Yeah. Can be really important. So I'll go through the, the quicker questions or the, the solid questions and I'll move through, uh, everything else. Uh, now changing the question, uh, what is your definition of God? Hmm. Hmm. Depends on the time of day. <laughs> really. 
you know, sometimes I would tell you, well, there is none. Sometimes I'd say, well, if there is one, he's a real asshole. <laughs> you know, there are other times where it was like, yeah, okay, maybe some out there. Mm-hmm. I've never really felt like I needed to know mm-hmm. or needed to understand it, mm-hmm. I guess. Just because, you know, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Whether or not that's, you know, predetermined. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'll just enjoy what I've got going right yeah. now. And make the most of that. Mm. Um, and then the other one is free will? Question mm. mark. Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Next. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a lot of people would, uh, I mean, so we, we live in Oklahoma, so, uh, would argue that without religion or without God, there's no sense of morality. Where does your morality come from? What makes you decide what is good? You know, it, it it's kind of, you know. An interesting question sometimes because, you know, like I had that idea of a hell and a heaven and all that. Mm-hmm. But that's not really what, like, for me dictates whether or not I go out and rob a store at gunpoint. Mm. You know, that's, I think that's just common sort of human decency really at the end of yeah. the day. I mean, I've always just subscribed to the notion that as long as you do everything, like, as long as you live your life out of love rather yeah. than, you know, hate or, you know, something like that, then you're going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just because it's, like, that's not something that you need a book or a religion to really decide for you. You should mm-hmm. just, it just comes naturally, I guess. Yeah. That's the way to put it. I don't know. It's. Not something I guess I put a lot of thought into. I probably <laughs> and sound that's okay. like a bumbling idiot. No. But I've always done my best mm-hmm. to care for as many people as I can. Yeah. Just because I feel that, like, what's the point of being human if you can't love anybody? You know? Exactly. <laughs> um, so in the current... Uh, political climate uh um there's a lot of division and a lot of that does come down to like morality and such so like how do we reduce this division that's happening well you know it's funny because i was actually sort of having a conversation you know about this earlier today with my girlfriend but just having an open mind mm. and respecting the fact that everybody's human. Yeah. Everybody's got a family and everybody's a person and that we should take into account mm-hmm. what they're going through and just respect, really. If yeah. you can swallow your pride and listen to what someone else's, you know, opinion. Mm-hmm. If you can do that and honestly, like, <laughs> ponder it, not just go, okay, we listen and then <laughs> continue on being an asshole. Yeah, yeah. Then I feel like some actual change could be made. Yeah. You know, I know I'm guilty myself mm-hmm. of being like, oh, <laughs> said in one way, but. We have to be as open as we can be mm-hmm. and truly like respect each other in order for it to really yeah, yeah. heal, I think. And I think with the way things are right now, it's terrifying. Yeah. It can be really scary because it feels like, you know, it feels like a threat. Just even think to yourself is like, what? What if I open my mouth and what if I say how I feel? You know, mm. you'd feel feel threatening to yourself. Like, yeah, it could be really scary. And I think that's it's pretty messed up. Yeah, 
But Aiden, your opinion is wrong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, what, what can we do about the people who will not be talked to? <laughs> hmm. I'm encouraging timeout. Like interesting. <laughs> just a little timeout section. Like get we could take this wall they're talking about. <laughs> we can build a you know those uh baby gates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I have a bunch of them around my house because we have dogs. You can get those baby gates, make them, you know, eight feet tall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just throw whoever's mad at each other in there for a little bit. But honestly, and I really like wish I could like come up with a better answer than just like I have no idea because it's okay. Like it's okay you know, to say you have no idea too. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, and I wish that wasn't the case because it's hard knowing that like have this many people in power that are just so easily like, you know, some obviously corrupted in some instances and it can feel pretty hopeless at times. And that's awful. And I wish that there was a better answer right now that Mm. I could give. But we're not the, we're not people in power, so. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I would destroy this country. <laughs> Thoroughly and utterly. I've been told before that I should be, like, a politician. And I'm just like, I have no idea where to start. <laughs> um, what makes you happy? Hmm. <laughs> I, you know, a couple things. My dogs, my music, my cat. <laughs> Probably most of all, my girlfriend. You know, I feel like there isn't a whole lot that, like, in life that truly makes you like really happy mm. like but those are the things that like really like okay yeah there's a point yeah to everything like <laughs> okay i get why the world goes around you know yeah for me <laughs> you know that's what i guess makes my world kind of continue yeah um what's something about you outside of music that people don't really know that you're into. Well, I'm a fucking great baker. <laughs> Whoa, I didn't know that. <laughs> I'll make some cookies, man. You think I put crack cocaine in there? <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> uh, other than that, I watch way too many movies and I have extremely harsh opinions about the new Star Wars. But <laughs> um, I can't swim. Oh, <laughs> that's okay, I guess. Still learning that one. Yeah. One <laughs> <laughs> I do know is you, you play some video games. I do play some video games. <laughs> and has, have you seen the new Death Stranding trailer? Yeah, yeah. I haven't. Oh. Is it any good? Do you understand yeah, what's mean, going on here? You're not supposed to understand what's going on. Like, <laughs> Is it coming out? In my lifetime? Um, I would guess like mm, 2021. Jeez. <laughs> Maybe 2020. Oh. <laughs> Kanye's going to be running for president by then. I'm not going to have time to play a video game. <laughs> don't. Don't do that. Don't. Do, <laughs> don't bring that up. <laughs> Damn, that's that's like not close enough, but also near, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We're at that nice midway. Yeah. But <laughs> I know E3 just came around, and I kind of missed it. 
but I kind of didn't. Mm. I know Smash Brothers is coming out, and I missed the last one. You didn't need it. It was a weird in-between phase. It was kind of like, oh, yeah, we've got the Wii U. <laughs> we don't have anything that will sell it. So let's make a Smash Brothers. Was yeah. was that kind of? Pretty much. But it was also on DS, so they had to like make it like compatible. Oh, yeah. Be able to play in between both. So, And now we got this one coming out. Is it coming out on the DS as well? Uh, I don't think so. It'll probably just be on Switch. Yeah, I feel like... It's, it's a portable console. Yeah, I feel like um, <laughs> that's over. Let me ask you a question. Do you think Nintendo will make another portable console after the Switch? Um, Like, besides a console that you can put on your TV still? That could be the way that, like, that all of Nintendo could go. But honestly, I have no way of knowing what they would do. Because, cause like... They're so unpredictable. Right, yeah. So, the last conventional console that they made was a GameCube, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're always like... I think it's funny and respectable, I guess, that they always make... Just the decision that you least expect mm. <laughs> in every instance, almost. <laughs> it's like that. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes it's annoying. So, and I mean, a lot of the time it can be. <laughs> so, I mean, post GameCube, you have the Wii, which is we're not even trying to do like a normal console that plays normal games. This is we got motion controls and. It's its own gimmick. And then the Wii U. And that was just... And that was something. <laughs> oh, man. I but remember... It, but it wasn't something. <laughs> I remember buying it. I remember playing um, the launch title that was like uh, Zombies. Zombie U? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember almost finishing it and, and saying, you know what? I'm going to go see about getting some of my money back. Yeah. Because <laughs> by that point, it was August, and it had come out in the winter of the year before. No, oh, jeez. And I still didn't have a game I wanted to play on it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm done here. You could have waited a little while and gotten Breath of the Wild. I could have. But instead, I played it on the Switch, and I feel happier about that. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like... Okay, I got every bad taste out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah. Except for the Switch cartridges. <laughs> yes. They taste awful. You tried it? <laughs> no. See, because... They tell you not to. Well, that's exactly why you try it. So, <laughs> because when, you, when you're a musician, you make bad decisions. Right, yeah. We're musicians. Right. We already made a bad decision. Right. Well, you know, I just read somewhere on the internet that it's like, man, they actually really do taste bad. They yeah. really do, you know? <laughs> and I'm can you describe the taste bitter metallic kind of like you're taking in a few chemicals that you probably shouldn't sure each time you lick it mm -hmm. but I think most of that's you just to have been implying that you licked it repeatedly I've done this twice <laughs> <laughs> I've done this twice the first time to be like okay and then I was like oh what the fuck and then the second time, I was like, was it really that bad? What is this? Because <laughs> I was curious. And I think I think they put it there just so kids won't eat it. Right. I think that is specifically why it tastes bad. Yeah. No, that is that is why. But also telling people. That I did that? that it, well, no. Telling people that it tastes bad and that you shouldn't do it is like telling people to oh, yeah. go for it. Well, you know, it's like. I'm still young. I can still make stupid decisions. And <laughs> this isn't selling my left kidney. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go, mom and dad. Um, two more questions. Uh, what advice do you have for people? Just in general? Yeah. Um, don't drive on the left side of the road. It's illegal. <laughs> 
cool. I guess it's the wrong side of the road, just yeah. depending on what direction you're going. Right. And what country you're in. In what country you're in. It's very illegal. <laughs> it's very dangerous. Um, don't drink and drive. Yeah. Only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> All that. But um, honestly, just stay in the moment. Like, don't, don't, you know, not look ahead, but yeah. enjoy what you have right now. I like that. And then now it's become my last question, since you are a bit of a baker, apparently. Cake or pie? You can't just <laughs> put that kind of question on someone, man. It just kind of depends on what, what day of the week it is. <laughs> I mean, I'll I'll just give you this. Cookies. Cookies. Are cookies cake? They're not. Okay. <laughs> they're not. They're not cake. They're not pie. All right, all right. Yeah. Okay. They're Corol- neither. So I don't have corollary to Corollary to the cake or pie question. Is cheesecake cake? Yes. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite cakes. <laughs> I'll fight anybody that says it's not. <laughs> I guess you don't. You know, just depending on the way you make some, you know, desserts, you don't bake them. Mm-hmm. But no bake cookies are technically cookies. Yeah, yeah. But you don't bake them. Mm-hmm. So what are they? Yeah. But what makes cheesecake cake? I would say it's crust. But that's like, it's a pie crust. Yeah. It's like a pie so crust. cheesecake pie? Ooh. You got me there. Yeah. You've got me there. Okay. Okay, I'm going to have to think about that. Is water wet? No. Okay. Water is not wet. We we, we can get into that later. No. Uh, no. No. I I'm I'm with you on that one. Water is not wet. Yes. Um Also, I'm sorry. This is, this is we I opened the rabbit holes, but is bread cake? No. <laughs> now, does cake have to have frosting on it to be cake? Because mm. you get pound cake. Right, yeah, yeah. So, I guess not necessarily. Maybe it's only cake if you call it cake. Right. Maybe <laughs> maybe it's just what you make of it. Yeah. Cake is just what you cake of it. <laughs> that kind of hurt me a little, but yeah. it, it was a pun. It was there. I grabbed it. You um, took it. You rolled with it. Um, uh, rolls are not cake. So, rolls are not cake. <laughs> Anyways, Aiden, thank you for doing this with me. This well, is thank fun. you for having me. <laughs> this is uh, a lot of fun. Where can we find you and your things? Well, you can find just me personally on Instagram, Facebook. I think I have a Twitter, Aiden McCool. But my band Sun Phaser is on. Instagram, Facebook, um, on SoundCloud. Yeah, we are on SoundCloud, and I hope one day, once I get a recording, I'm proud of to put something on Spotify. Yeah, eventually. So keep an eye out for that. <laughs> probably within this year. Cool. Yeah, probably. If you need help producing it, I will. <laughs> You're hired. Cool. <laughs> You heard it here first. Will you take it in payment of cookies? Can I resell those cookies for money? No, you're going to want to eat them, trust me. (laughs) If you resell them, that's a felony. I I need money. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, man. Me too. (laughs) Once again, thank you for doing this with me. I'm Santiago Ramones. I'm Aiden McCool. You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music, which you can download my uh, demo, Songs with Words, for free, or you can pay some money. That's that's on my Bandcamp, but you can get that link through my website. Or you can listen to this podcast. You can leave reviews or leave comments. And um, 
You can find it on Apple Podcasts, which is the, the that purple podcast app that's on your phone that no one ever actually looks at if they don't already actively listen to podcasts. But there's also a Stitcher. It's also on YouTube. Um, and you can also just listen to it straight from my website, SantiagoRobinus.com. I always end my podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong.